Um, you have to bear with me. I'm running on just a few short hours of sleep, so um, a little spacey. But uh, we're going to be preaching out of Second Corinthians. Let me turn to the right thing first. We're going to be preaching out of, rather, uh, Matthew chapter 7, and we'll be starting at verse 7. Uh, so originally, I was going to be continuing through James because I feel God leading me through that as I go. Uh, I was going to finish up chapter 1 today, but I had realized that last time in my sermon I had said something that I wasn't entirely clear on, uh, that I had got down to where James talks about good and perfect gifts, and I had begun talking about... Uh, sometimes we view those things as possessions or, or things that God can give us that uh, may be monetary things. And, and I had said that I had said something along the lines of why, why would we think that those are the good gifts? And I talked about that they were terrible compared to the gifts that God wanted to give us. And what I was trying to say was not that those things were bad. In fact, I said that early in the sermon. But what I was trying to say is that Jesus talks about certain gifts here in the Bible and that those were not the gifts that Jesus and James were talking about. That there are sometimes we as humans, just as humans, and even as Christians, we, we focus on the material things at hand, the things we can see, the things we can touch, the things we can taste of that nature. And, and sometimes we miss out on what God is trying to give us. That it's not about all just giving us what we want in our lives from day to day. But there are things that he wants to give us that are valuable to us that are going to make us more like Christ. And so that's what we're going to focus on today, um, is, is that fact, that we're going to focus on what God is trying to give us in our lives. And I thought, like, what better time to talk about good gifts than right after Christmas, when we've just exchanged gifts to each other. Um, but we're going to start with verse 7. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, to the one who knocks, the door, or to everyone who asks, receives, and to the one who seeks, finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Who among you, if his sons ask him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a steak? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Therefore, whatever you want others to do for you, do also the same for them, for this is the law and the prophets. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Holy Father, this morning we just thank you that you are willing to give us good things, Lord. And uh, let's pray that you'll just open our eyes and, and to think about what kind of good things you desire to give us as your children. Pray that you just be with me in this time as I preach on very few hours of sleep that you would just give me your words, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. So we all just partook in the exchanging of gifts. I'm sure at least most of us did over the past few days. And, uh, you know, it's fun to get gifts, you know, from someone who cares about us, especially if it's a thoughtful gift. You know, as you get older and more mature, for a lot of people, not everybody, for some people, though, uh, it's, it's more rewarding to give a gift than to receive a gift. Um, I, think, I think in our culture sometimes, though, as we think about gifts, uh, this time of year has become more of an obligation for many. You know, we run around checking off a list, trying to get all the gifts that we could possibly get for those loved ones. And, and it's kind of just like, oh, i got to make sure I get that. But sometimes I don't know that it comes from our hearts, and I think that's easy to do when we've made it about what we've made it about in our culture instead of about 
Christ and the real meaning of Christmas. But, um, you know, there are those who give bad gifts. You know, those when you open the gift, it's a, it's a light up Christmas tree tie. And you don't even wear a tie. And, uh, and you're wondering kind of what were they thinking when they got that. And, you know, if you gave that gift, I'm sorry, but you don't see too many people walking around wearing those. Um, but, you know, the gifts that we give each other are subjective. And, and by what I mean by that is that, like, you and I, we decide the value of the gift. And so what, what could be a good gift to me may not be a good gift to you. So, for instance, a few months back in my birthday, my brother had texted uh, Sarah to see what I might want or what I could use. And uh, I'm a pretty simple guy. I don't really need anything too fancy or elaborate. So I simply said hot sauce because I love hot sauce. Uh, I put it on everything. And I know that she wished that I would quit getting gifts that are hot sauce, but it's taken up our, pa- our pantry room. But uh, the way I see it, we have an attic and we can take all the canned goods and stick them up there and have plenty of room for my hot sauces. So I'm not seeing what the problem is. But, but, uh, but no, so to me, that's a good gift. So I was excited when my brother showed up with uh, five different hot sauces for me. But for you, maybe that's not a good gift. Maybe you don't like spicy foods. Maybe it upsets your stomach. Maybe you're not a fan of the heat. In which case, to you, that's not a good gift because it's subjective. What's a good gift to me may not be a good gift to you. But the gifts that God give us that wants to give us, are not subjective. They are good no matter what we think about them. But the question is, do we want the gifts that he's trying to give us? And the answer is often no. Because we get focused on the things around us in the world and the things we, we need in our, in our immediate lives that we ask for those things. And it's not bad to ask for those things. But sometimes we miss that there's a greater gift. We just stick with what we might necessarily want right now in the moment that we're not paying attention to what God wants to give us that is valuable and can help us in our walk. So to to illustrate that, it's like if there was one gift I hated getting whenever I was a kid growing up, it was socks. Why on earth would you give me socks? Seven-year-old, eight-year-old boy, like what am I going to do with that, right? Like, give me something cool, like a Red Rider BB gun or something that's, that's valuable that I want, that I asked for. Um, and so that was my thoughts when I would open socks on Christmas Day. But as I've gotten older, my perspective's kind of shifted a little bit because I realized a few things that, number one, that socks are, are not cheap and they wear out really quickly. And so there's been many times within the past few years where I've just asked for socks where I wouldn't have when I was younger. Uh, and there's been many times where I've just wore socks with giant holes in them to prevent my, like, to avoid buying socks. But, um, so what happened there was my perspective changed. And the reason it changed was because, you know, when I was younger, I didn't see that my parents were trying to give me something that I could actually use. And not just everything that I wanted. They were trying to give me something that would last longer than a toy that I might play with for a few weeks and then set it aside and then forget about it. And so... With that respect, it's the same type of gifts that God gives us. Oftentimes we think like, what I want. We ask God for what we want. And and those who are not Christians might come to God and and ask for, just ask God. Come with their list of things that they want from God. And when they don't get it, they go away disappointed or they go away not believing anymore. Um, even, Even young Christians, even those Christians who are immature in their faith might just come to God with their list. But those who are mature in their faith Those who realize that being a Christian is not just about what we get from God, but it's about becoming more like Christ. That is the goal of us as Christians. And as Christians, in order to get there, there's a lot that needs to change on the inside. 
And, and that's why we're talking about this today, because we, we might get, we're not, we may not get everything we want for God, but if there's certain things that we go to God for, he will give those, and they're promised in the Bible. And so that's why we're going to focus on that today. Because sometimes they aren't things that we're necessarily looking for, but they're the things we need as God's children. So I think in order to understand this section right here, because we can take this out of context, text, in fact, many preachers have taken this out of context and have used it as a means to say, this is, you'll, you'll prosper from this. Just ask God what you want. And if you have enough faith, he'll give it to you. Um, but there's more to it than just that. And that's what we're unpacking today. Um, so the Sermon on the Mount, because there's an entire sermon around this, it's not just isolated from everything else. And the entire sermon is about really just a few things. It's about teaching us how to relate to God, and it's about teaching us how to relate to each other and, and to pursue righteousness in our lives. And so that leaves very little room for what we get for ourselves because that's the ba basis around what the whole sermon is. doesn't mean that God won't give us anything. doesn't mean it's wrong to ask for things, but that's the very basis of what we are trying to get from this sermon, getting out of what Jesus is instructing us. And so I want to start, if we go up to... Uh, chapter 6, verses starting with verses 31. Just real quick, something that kind of is emphasized here that we can take and apply to the whole sermon. So, 31. So don't worry saying, what will we eat? Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear? For the Gentiles, Gentiles eagerly seek all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided for you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So he's talking about the basic thing that we need, basic things that we need to survive. Food, what we're going to drink. And he's saying, don't worry about that. He's not even talking about like money that you need to pay bills or anything. He's saying food. Of course, you need money to buy food. But he's not even pointing out like certain things that we pray for. He's just saying basic needs that if we don't give it, we don't get it, we'll die. Right? I think I have a little while before I have to worry about that. But eventually, if I don't eat food, I'm going to starve to death. And so what Jesus is saying is that God's priority for your life is not just to give you everything you're asking for, but his priority for your life is to feed your soul. His priority for your life is to become righteous. That's what it says, pursue righteousness. He's telling us to pursue righteousness and his kingdom. Right? So oftentimes when we think about like what... Um, there's some thoughts here for a moment. Uh, when we think about like some of the things we ask God for, um, some of those don't have anything to do with righteousness, right? And it's not that we shouldn't ask for those things. Like God will answer that prayer if you ask for some things. He'll sometimes give you those things. But it's not his primary objective for your life. It's not his goal for your life. And this is why Jesus says that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of the Father. Because even food is not the most important thing to our soul, but God's word actually transforming our life is even more important than that. Um, and, and so, and so um, is it wrong to ask for those things? No, it's not wrong to ask for those things. And, and God might give you certain things that you ask for. I need, I need money to pay these bills. I need this. But what is wrong is when we come to God, and the only thing we do when we come to God is we have this list of things we want. And, and we just cover that list and we move on. 
Why? Because Jesus tells us to first pursue God's kingdom and his righteousness. To make your life about pursuing that. You know, what is righteousness? It's, it's the way that God tells us we're supposed to be. It's the way we think. It's the way we live. It's the way we love that needs to be according to God's will in our lives. And he's telling us not to worry about, I'll provide those things for you, but first you need to pursue this. This is kind of like the, the whole sermon and what it's about. Like, it, it's not about us. And, and sometimes we forget that because we have our human needs. We live in the now. All we can see is what, we, what problems we're facing. But, but it's not about us. It's about us as Christians pursuing God's righteousness and, and, and things that we can learn from God so that we can relate to God better and we can relate to each other better. And that's, that's the goal of a child of God is those things. And, and when, we, when we come to God with just a list of things, that's when it can become idolatry because we're putting the things we need or the things we think we need often over God himself. And, and that's a variety of things that we could do. We're supposed to pursue his kingdom. We should spend time with him. When, when we pray to him, yes, he wants to hear our requests, but he wants to connect with us more than that. Like that's, that's the number one thing is he wants to connect in, with us and build within us righteousness. And that's part of what we're talking about as far as the good gifts because you get, to, you get to down here to ask and it will be given to you. And right, a lot of times we, we think, seek and you shall find that those, those asking God for things and he's going to give it to us. Um, we think sometimes that that's the goal of being a Christian. Um, and so you have out there these prosperity preachers. Uh, I'm not going to mention names, but if you have that question on who they are, you can feel free to ask Pastor Bill or myself, aside from here, um, who say that, that God's just here to prosper you, that God's here to give you what you want, you know, and that the sign that you've been blessed by God is that you have a lot. You have a lot of money, you have this, you have that, and that actually doesn't show us blessings. That actually, like, you can, have, you can be rich but be spiritually broke, in which case those things that you have do nothing for you. And so it's not a, it's not a, it's not a good sign, it's not a good indicator that God's blessing your life, right? And so you have these preachers out there who say, you just have to ask, God wants to give you that promotion, God wants to give you this, God wants to give, but what if he doesn't? What if he's not looking to give you those things in your life? What if it's not his life? Then you start asking for God. There are people who ask for years for things that they never receive. Is it bad to ask for those things? No, but what about the person who's asking for someone who's a loved one to be healed and it never happens? What about the one who's asking for this promotion or this job or something different and it never happens? Like they asked, but they didn't receive. They knocked, they didn't find. And that's because we're taking it out of context of what he's trying to say here. And we're going to unravel that as we go. Because many people, this is the, the bad part of this way of thinking. Because a lot of times these prosperity preachers, they simply say, if you have enough faith, you'll get it. Well, well then what does it say when you don't get what you're asking for? Well, it either says that I don't have enough faith, or, or it says that many people come to this conclusion that, that God is either a liar or he's not real. And they walk away from Christianity because I asked and I didn't receive. I knocked and nobody opened that door, right? And that's the problem with the mindset is that like it's a you-centered mindset. What are you going to get for yourself? In fact, James says you ask, but you, know, you, don't, you, you don't have because you don't ask. And you ask and you don't have because you're going to take what you get and waste it on yourself. 
So the things that he's saying is like, these things are not for your own personal life, even healing our loved ones. Like, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing to pray for, but it's not guaranteed. But there are certain things that when we do pray for them, God will guarantee that we will get them. And that's where I was the last time I preached in James chapter 1. And it has to do with his righteousness. It has to pursue his righteousness with your life. And so I would like to go back to James chapter 1. And I'd like to kind of to cover and explain some of the things that I was trying to point out there but didn't really have enough time to explain it the way I wish I could have. So... I want to go down to a verse in James chapter 1, verse 5. And it says, Now, if any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives to all generously and ungrudgingly, and it will be given to him. Where have we heard that language before? From what we just read. Ask, and you will receive. Ah. Wisdom. Asking God for wisdom. That's one of the many things. Later on we hear, ask for patience. Ask and you will receive. We can relate that back to what Jesus was talking about. That makes more sense. Why? Because that's in will. That's, in the, that's within the context of the sermon. Why? Because the sermon is trying to produce righteousness in us. That's what it's about. We need wisdom from God, his godly wisdom, not just to make our lives better, not just to make lives easier, but to produce righteousness in us. We cannot get to righteousness. We cannot... Follow the paths of God and become more like Christ without the wisdom that God is trying to give. And he's saying, you, you seek that out, you're going to find it. You knock on that door, it will be open into you. You ask for that, you're going to receive it. He's talking about that. And I believe that he, like James knew, James knew the, the Sermon on the Mount. If you read the book of James, you can tell there's a bunch of stuff that's from the Sermon on the Mount that's placed in James that he talks about and expounds upon. But there's one more passage that I would like to take us to that elaborates even more. It's, it's the same. It is the same. It's, it's in Luke chapter 11. And it's the same kind of scenario that we read about in Matthew. So Luke chapter 11, verse 9. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If, he, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children... How much more would the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of Him? The Holy Spirit. That sheds light on what Jesus was talking about. And that's why I said the last time that there's no greater gift that God could give us than Himself, than His presence in our lives. That's a good gift. And, and everything that goes along with that, the righteousness that the Holy, the Holy Spirit produces in us. And so that's why I wanted to go over that because oftentimes we look for things that God is not trying to give us, and we stay fixated on that, and we forget that God wants to give us certain things that are going to change our lives. And the reason why I said in my last sermon that that was a terrible gift compared to what God wants to give us is because God wants to give us so much more than what we ask for, right? So if I had a son who was about to turn 16, 
and I was a millionaire, and, and for his birthday, I just simply give him like $50. Like, now, I'm not saying we should cause our kids to be entitled, but what I am saying is that compared to what I could give him, that's a bad gift. That's just a bad gift. We would all think that I was cheap and greedy and, and just a horrible father for doing that. Um, and so that's why I said that those compared to what God wants to give us, which is his spirit, his presence in our life, his righteousness, his wisdom. He wants to change the way that we love. He wants to change the way that we see the people around us. He wants to make us more like Christ. And in order to do that, he has to give us certain things in our lives, often things that we're not looking for because we're kind of distracted by our own personal lives. And so that's why I said when I got down to don't be deceived, in, in James chapter 1, don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights who does not change like shifting shadows. So when I got there, like James knew what Jesus had said in his sermon. So when he says good gifts, he's not just pulling that out of the air and putting it in here. He knows what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He knows that what Jesus said in the whole sermon, the context of pursuing righteousness. And so he's pointing us to good gifts that we can't get from the world, we can only get from God. We can only get those gifts from God. They don't come in stores with stickers that say made in China. They don't come from any other sort of shop around. They can't come from any of that. They only come from God. And that's what he says. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the fathers of lights. Not from anything that's of the world, but from above. And sometimes, sometimes as Christians, we forget that. Sometimes in my life, on a day-to-day -day basis, I forget that. I don't pursue the gifts of righteousness, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I don't pursue it like I should all the time. But when I do, there is fulfillment in that. There's a certain amount of fulfillment to drawing near to God and being closer to Him. And I've noticed that oftentimes, that when I've pursued certain things, and I've realized that they're not of God, but so then I go and start pursuing His his will, his plan, his righteousness in my life, which I'm not always the best at. But when I start to pursue those things, the things that I was asking for for a very long time, they suddenly don't matter anymore because I have things that are more valuable than that in my life. And, and so all this to say, uh, we, just, we just did Christmas. And, and, and as we know that sometimes around Christmas, that becomes the focal point of what we do. We gather to give gifts. And I've noticed over the years that, like, sometimes that's just a thing. Like, you'll be opening gifts and nobody's really watching you anymore. They're just kind of doing their own thing and talking, and, that, and that's fine. But in the, in the grand scheme of things, that can make us more materialistic. Instead of focusing on the reason why we gather on Christmas, which is often lost in the mix, and focusing on the best gift ever. Why? Because Jesus is a perfect example of how God wants to be with us. And that gift can satisfy every longing in our soul. And so when we think about Christmas, when we think about our day-to-day -day lives, because it's not just Christmas, we know he grew up, we know that he died for our sins, it's the greatest gift that mankind could ever receive from God. But all good gifts come from God. They don't come from the world, they don't come for what we, we can buy with our money, they don't, they don't uh, show up in packages, boxes, or bags, as the famous Grinch said. Like They're not things that we can just buy. They're not things that, and it even isn't like, it's not just gifts. It's, it's the pursuing of like our loved ones, or whatever they're going through. These, those are okay to pray for. It's okay to want God to heal that. But at the same time, 
Like if we lose sight of like the main prize, if we lose sight of the fact that the God is the prize, because happiness in life, we often look for happiness, but it comes and goes with circumstances. The people we love, our, our hearts are attached to the people we love, and they come and they go, and, and they don't stay with us. And so happiness is not a good gift to seek after because it's not reliable. But the fulfillment in a relationship that we have from God is. And we can find hope in, in Him, which is why we need to focus on pursuing Him first. As Christians, the goal of our lives must be to be transformed to the image of Christ, to be more like Him, because without that, we're just, we're, we're not displaying God's love. We're, we're just being people walking around saying, I'm a Christian, but like there's no transformation that, that God wants to give us in our lives. And so, as we go out throughout this next year, let's, let's, let's try to rethink what a good gift is. Because oftentimes our standard of good is way lower than God's standard of good. That what he wants to give us is worth so much more. And let's, let's think about like how we get caught up there are things in all of our lives that we get caught up in. We get caught up in thinking about. We get caught up in obsessing. We get caught up in worrying about. That's what Jesus has said. Don't worry about those things. And in the process of all of that, we lose sight of what matters most in life. We lose sight of God. We lose sight of the fact that he wants to transform us. You know, make our lives, give us rest. He wants to give us rest. Uh, Jesus talks about, come to me who are weary and I will give you rest. And he says, learn from me for I am humble. And you'll find rest for your soul. That's a loose quote. But as we learn from him and we become like him, we're going to, we're going to find fulfillment. We're going to find rest in our lives. But we need God to give us certain things to get us there. We need his wisdom. We need his patience. We need to be able to love like he loved us. And we can't do that of our own initiative. We can't just initiate that in our lives. We need the Holy Spirit. Just like, just like Jesus said, God wants to give you that good gift. God wants to give you the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is for comforting. He will comfort us, but He's also for equipping us to be more like children of God. And, and so, I think if anything to take away from this is just to realize, like, the goal of being a Christian is not to live for ourselves. The goal of being a Christian is not to serve ourselves and just to seek whatever we can in this life to benefit our life now. The goal of being a Christian is to be more righteous to come and thirst for righteousness before God, to seek that out so that we can be changed. You know, we talk about the kingdom of heaven. Sometimes we think that's a place where, where we go after life, but it exists now. And it's God's reign in our life. It's, it's the way we think, it's the way we live, it's the way we love. When we live and think and love the way that God has made us to live and think and love, he lives out his reign through our lives. And so when we think about the kingdom of heaven, when we think about God and what he wants to give us, let's try to get our priorities. And that, and that includes me. Let's try this new year to get our priorities straight. Because I think that our, our culture and our society, they need a church that is a light. And we can't be a light if we're chasing all these other things in our lives for, to become idols. We, we can't be the light that he is calling us to be until we begin to pursue his kingdom and his righteousness and the good gifts, the, the qualities. I, like, I, I don't, there's things about myself that I don't like, that I don't want to be there. 
And, and it's difficult to like get rid of that, like their habits, their ways of thinking. And so I need God and I need His Spirit, so I have to pursue Him. And so as we go forward, let's just let's let's try to set our minds on that. Um, so that's all I have. Uh, I want to thank you guys for being here. Um, as the, those who were doing worship here in a few moments, if those of you who would come up and get ready for worship, we're going to pray real quick, and, and then um, and then we'll just go from there. So, dearly Father, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for who you are. That you love us, no matter what, no matter no matter what we've done, or no matter how imperfect we are at times in our lives, and, and there's many times where we can be so imperfect in our lives, God. And we need, we need you to produce in us a desire to seek out your righteousness, to seek out the good gifts that you want to give us, Lord. We need you to help us to, to set these things aside that often get in your way, our way of, of worshiping you and, and desiring the things that actually matter the most in life. God, as we head into this new year, we pray that you would just tune our hearts to you that you would help us to see, that give us in our mind and in our heart visions of what matters the most. Because God, sometimes it's hard to see what matters the most when there's so many distractions and, and so many different voices telling us to pursue this or to pursue that or to worry about this and to focus on that, Lord. It's hard. It's hard to pursue you, which is why we need you to help us, Lord. God, I pray that you'll just be with us through the rest of this year. And uh, just help everybody who's traveling for the rest of the year for whatever purposes that you'll give them a safe trip. And um, again, just help us to learn to make our lives about you and your kingdom and your righteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.